Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor or a volunteer leader in your local church, Ministry in Motion is brimming with helpful, practical ideas for you, your ministry, and your local church. Our topic today is Ministering to Millennials, and we have a very special guest, Evan Knott. Evan, welcome. Welcome to Ministry in Motion. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you. Now, Evan, you have a passion for ministering to millennials. You've written extensively on it, and it's a, a, a real thing that you're wanting to do with your ministry. Just before we, we get into ministering in, to millennials, let's just define the terms. What, what is a millennial or millennialist? Right. Well, a millennial or Generation Y would be another term that could also be used, but it's generally people born between 1980 and 2000. Okay. And what are some of their characteristics? What, what defines them? Well, one major characteristic is that they're a little weary of institutions. We tend to be um, more focused on community, authentic community, and uh, relationships. I'm hearing we in here, so you're I definitely... Definitely I identify as a millennial. Okay, so weary of institutions. What, what do you mean by an institution? Uh, institutions could be big businesses, uh, government, uh, uh, educational institutions, religious institutions. Okay. Um, can be diff different, different things. And how have millennialists grown up in a different way to previous generations? Well, one major way is that because of the advances in technology, we're experiencing things in our childhood that no other generation previous has had to. We're the first generation that's grown up with Google, with the ability to have an entire world in literally in the pocket in the palm of your hand. Yeah. Um, you, movies, games, you, music, it's all readily available to us. Mm. And that, of course, has many positives and, and some negatives as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, it, it can be great for learning purposes. It also has made things such as pornography uh, reg regularly available as well. Okay. Now... So we've got this millennialist generation growing up and the Adventist church, particularly in North America, is going through a bit of a change at the moment. What are some of the stats that are out on the moment that describe the Adventist church? Well, in 2008, the median age of the North American population in North, in North America was 36 years old. Among Adventists in North America, it was 51 so that's, that's quite a bit of a gap. Wow. And that statistic is only going to get larger. That gap is only going to get larger unless these trends change. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people have termed it the graying of Adventism, that Adventism is aging and getting older. And what, one of the fears for someone like myself just entering into ministry is that in 20 years, what will ministry look like? Yeah. Will it essentially be a form of geriatric care, chaplaincy for uh, people who are older? You know, Jesus wants us to minister to people of all ages. But yeah. there, there's something concerning to me that there's a possibility that my entire generation might not be there. Yeah. And what's, what's happening to millennialists in the church? What, where are they going and, and what's happening, Evan? Well, uh, Roger Dudley had a, stud, a study in 2000 that said that at least 50% uh, of millennials were leaving the church by their mid-twenties. Okay, let's just pause there. So 50% of 
this generation are leaving the church by the time they're mid-twenties. That's disturbing, isn't it? And, and it's at least that figure, isn't it? It, it could be more. He, he even stated in the study that it could even be significantly higher. Wow. And uh, the Barna Group had a study looking at Christianity in general that they had at a number over 60%. Um, and so it's, we're guessing that it's somewhere in that uh, area, but it's hard to know for sure. So the Adventist church isn't just a... It's, it's experiencing it with, with most other denominations. Exactly. It's a, it's a whole Christian-wide problem, not just an Adventist problem. Yeah. So are millennialists, are they seeing the Seventh-day Adventist church as part of their dissatisfaction with institutionalism? I believe so. Okay. Um, again, whether that's right or wrong, whether that's been intentional on the part of uh, leadership in the church, that's how it's perceived by many millennials. Right. Now, let's just come on to the theology and the, the way millennialists do their thinking and, and their belief structure. W where is that and how does that differ with the, the typical Adventist church? Sure. Um, Kenda Chrissy Dean uh, has written about this and has termed that the worldview most common in millennials is young and young adults as moralistic therapeutic deism. Okay, let's just unpack that. <laughs> therapeutic, moralistic deism. Deism. Okay. What, what does she mean by that? Well, essentially, it's the idea of God, but it's a God that's not necessarily very active in my life. It, it's comforting, but essentially it's a religion of being nice, where niceness, just getting along with each other, is seen as the most essential value. Right, okay. Now, where, where are the scriptures for this generation in terms of having a, a significant impact on their life and their, their structure of beliefs? Honestly, it tends to take a, a bit of a backseat to how you personally think about a given topic. Um, e even in our Adventist uh, universities and schools, if you were to go sit in on a general education class on ethics, a lot of the discussions tend to start with, well, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in, in education, we want to encourage discussion and sharing of ideas, but sometimes a side effect of that is that we lose sight of the Bible needing to be the source that grounds our discussion. Right, okay. And is there much conflict going on between this generation and other generations in the church with, with a, a different worldview? Oh, sure. You know, in many ways, some of the previous generations are seen as being part of the institution. Um, and and I, I do think that can create a problem. It can create um, some tension between the generations in our church. Okay, okay. So these are real issues that are happening in the church. We've got at least... Unfortunately, and it's tragic, more than 50% of this generation leaving the church by the time they're in their mid-20s. We really need to look at solutions and, and how this is being solved. And that's how we want to spend the rest of the program. So we've described the situation of the millennial generation. The rest of the program is dedicated to solutions. How can we minister to the millennial generation? We'll be right back with more of Ministry in Motion.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is Ministering to Millennials, and our guest is Evan Knott. Evan is the Associate Pastor at Frederick Adventist Church in Maryland in the United States. Evan, we were talking before the break about millennials and, and their characteristics. What are some of the solutions in reaching out to these people? Ironically, it could lie in something that was said quite a while ago. That's right. You know, we had an Adventist leader back almost more than 70 years ago now that described the situation facing his day as well as our own with amazing accuracy. And I want to take a moment to read it. Who is this guy? This is F.D. Nickel. He was the editor of the Advent Review and Sabbath Herald, and he wrote this uh, January 20, 1944, a hundred years after the Great Disappointment. Okay. And these are the words he said. He said, We believe that the hour has come when a voice should be raised in warning against the deadly heresy of apathy, which leads on to the even more deadly heresy of thinking that we are simply one more denomination in the world. This, we believe, is the most terrifying danger that ever confronted the Advent movement. First, we forget the past. We've been warned against this by the messenger of the Lord. Yet today there are multitudes in our ranks who, for one reason or another, seem to have only the most vague ideas concerning the historical as well as the prophetic facts that constitute the background and the beginnings of this movement. No people can long maintain a proper sense of direction if they are not absolutely clear with regard to their point of departure, that point at which they turned on their distinctive path from that of other people. We have halfway cut from under ourselves the foundation on which rests the reason of our existence as a distinct movement when we forget the history of our beginnings, the causes which brought us forth. It's quite a quote, isn't it? I can see why you, you brought it on. So what really stands out for you in this quote? Well, sure. I think essentially what it's saying is that the solution for us going forward is to go back to our beginnings. This, this Adventist church started as a movement, okay. Adventism. Right. And I think one of the solutions, the primary solutions for how we can uh, retain and bring millennials more involved is to re-find our identity as a movement. Okay. Help us to understand, what's, how do you see the difference between a denomination or an institution and a movement? What's, what's the difference? Well, I think institutions seem to imply a, a major focus on structure, where I would say movements are more concerned with people and with mission. Okay. And more fluid, more adaptable? Mobile. Mobile, yep. yeah. It, uh, changing to the, to the needs of the situation or to the cause. And the needs of the situation are really the needs of people, right? Correct. Yeah, so it's, it's people-orientated rather than institutionally-orientated. Right. Okay. And, you know, I institutions and structures are very important. Of course. But they need to serve the movement rather than the movement serve them. Yeah, okay. Now, Christianity itself... It started as a movement as, as well. It did. It wasn't just the early Adventist pioneers that began as a movement, but even in Christianity, like you said, you know, it started as a movement within Judaism of just, you know, a, a few group of Christians who had followed Jesus going out, sharing their faith with their friends, preaching the gospel, yeah. and it spread like wildfire, even amidst persecution. Yeah. So what is it about a movement that is appealing to millennials? Well, I, I think, again, 
there's really a focus on community and identity. People get their identity from movements that they're a part of. You know, even a casual you know, examination of recent history can show as much. Many of the popular movements that we've seen in uh, secular culture today, such as uh, the gay rights movement, uh, police brutality protests, the Occupy Wall Street movement, millennials are at the front and center of this. Mm. But yet somehow the church has allowed itself to be seen as one of the institutions rather than the movement that I believe it truly is. Okay. So how does a local congregation reformat its, where it's sitting in society so that it is seen as a movement rather than a, with a, as an institution with a, a church logo on the front? Sure. How, how does a local church do that? I, I believe it really is an emphasis on mission. Mm-hmm. You know, over the past 30 years or so, you know, for, for good or bad, there seems to be at least some individuals who are emphasizing that the Seventh-day Adventist church is just the same as everybody else, that we, we almost want to fit in, if you will, among other denominations. But when you think about it from a branding perspective either, it's really not that smart. If you're trying to sell something and you say, well, hey, this is the same as everything else, nothing special to see here, how is that going to appeal to other people? Yeah. So I think it's, it's emphasizing our unique mission. It's the three angels' message, and it's sharing it in everyday interactions. Okay. So how, how do those everyday actions take place, particularly with a group that communicates largely via a cell phone, text, Snapchat, these kinds of things, which in a sense distance themselves from a movement or from an institution? How do we combat that, that gap? Well, I, I think it's by engaging in real relationships because millennials are looking for it anywhere they can. If it's, some find it in an internet forum group. You know, some find it by uh, different interest groups, hobbies, etc. And I think the church needs to be a place where there are real, authentic relationships, where we get to know people, where we care about people, right. and where we develop meaningful friendships. Okay, okay. So let's just recap so far. We we need to basically identify and and make it clear that the Adventist church is not just another denomination, that it's a movement. Correct. And it's a movement that's orientated around people, Mm -hmm. including millennials. Correct. Okay. That's very helpful. And uh, I'd like to pursue this more because there's far more that you contain that we want to know about. So thanks for joining us, Evan. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is ministering to millennials, and our guest is Evan Knott. And we're looking at, in particular, how to reach out and retain the millennials within our church and, of course, to reach out to those in the community. Evan, we, we looked at, in the earlier section in today's program, about the importance of the church being identified as a movement, similar to how early Christianity was a movement and also how the early Advent move, movement started as a movement. Now, one of the things that is also very helpful for us to understand and how to reach out to millennials is understanding one of their essential desires, and that is happiness. Right. 
How important? Can you tell us about that type of happiness that millennials are interested in and how that might apply to ministry within the church? Sure. Well, typically when we think about evangelism, you know, things will often be said that as people are, get more wealthy, as they're more materialistic, it's harder to reach them with the gospel because they feel like they have everything already. Mm-hmm. With millennials, we have a little bit of an opportunity on, in that area because studies have shown and surveys have shown that even though we are as, as materialistic, if not more, than any other generation, we prioritize happiness above everything else. Okay. And I, I think that's where Adventism, if we go back to our, to our roots, can really offer them. We, we have happiness in our DNA. We have a holistic message, not just the spiritual health, but also emotional and physical as well. So it's, it's more the, the lasting message, the, the lasting message of the gospel that brings the happiness that is our opportunity to, to reach out. Right. It, it's rebranding Adventism as a movement, and by, by movement, it's a way of life. It's Adventism as a way of life that I think we need to sell to millennials. Okay. And have you got an example for us of how we can actually engage and, and bring a millennial to understanding and experiencing that happiness. Sure. You know, I think one of, one of the keys is that we can't just think of everything too strategically almost. That's going to come across, I believe, as fake and inauthentic to a, a demographic that really prioritizes authenticity. And so I really think it starts with just being their friend for friendship's sake. It's not, oh, I'm going to be your friend so X, Y, and Z can happen, but it's saying, I just want to be your friend. And that friendship, there's something special and holy about that as well. Okay. So it's, it's friendship without the strings of enticing them to stay in the church or to even join the church. Right. Yeah. You, you, want, you want the way that you live your life to be contagious to them and that they see that in the context of a real friendship that doesn't have strings attached, like you said. Yeah. And the word that you used earlier that spoke to me was authentic. Right. Millennials are looking for authenticity. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's people that will really care about them for who they are, that is not going to be judgmental and uh, quick to, to condemn them. And it, it's being willing to open up something about yourself as well. You know, some of the uh, greatest friendships I've had um, have come out of a relationship where we can do that. And I, I think that's true for everyone, um, but particularly with millennials. And this is a particularly savvy, intelligent generation. Uh, they've, they've seen what institutions can do to, to maximize, you know, their financial gains and so forth and, and, and play these kids as suckers. And they're very aware of that, aren't they? Sure. Yeah. No, it, it, it's a real challenge because e- if we don't communicate what the mission of the church is, if we don't show the movementness of it, they're going to they're gonna label it along with other institutions. And we're constantly seeing all the negative news on the headlines about corruption and that sort of thing. And if we're not communicating a different picture of reality, that's a lot of the assumptions they're going to make. Now, l- let me ask this personal question, Evan. You're right in the middle of that millennial generation. Sure. When at least... 50% of your friends, peers, 
have left the church. What kept you in the church? It was meaningful relationships. You know, I, I have had great relationships uh, with many mentors, people that have taken the time to bring me under their wing, um, to be real with me about the church, not only talking about the good things, but being honest about the bad things and the things that we can change. And I think that's important as well. And what, what kind of people did, mentored you and, and showed an sure. interest in you? Well, uh, teachers. And I had the privilege of growing up in an Adventist, uh, an Adventist education, and there were many teachers who over the years took the time to engage with me one-on-one, -on -one, to share about their faith, and to give me opportunities as well. Right. Teachers? Anyone else? Pastors, youth group leaders, uh, fa even family members. I, I feel fortunate that I grew up in a good family where I had that kind of relationship at home as well. Right, okay. And Evan, your call to ministry, your desire to reach out to the millennials in your church, your community, you believe that's a God thing? I do. You know, it's for me, one of the main reasons I went into ministry is because I want to see my friends in heaven. And I, I think well, that's one of the keys to ministry in general. You have to have a passion for people. And I don't want to be in a church where none of my friends are. Yeah. And so that's, that's really a core mission of my life. Yeah. Now, of course, some of these things that we're talking about are a challenge for a local church. But really, when you think about the significance of relationships, getting to know the kids in the church, not to just keep them in the church, but because they're important, they're significant. And as you said, they have an important place in heaven waiting for them. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, you point out, these, these are great challenges that we're facing. It's, it can seem overwhelming at times. It's like, how can one person possibly make a difference? But that's also been one of the great satisfactions of my ministry so far, is realizing that we are only called to do our best in our sphere of influence that God has given us. You know, it can seem like it's a massive wall that's before us, and like, how are we ever going to break down this wall? But God doesn't call us to do that. He calls us to be faithful in our given portion of that wall. And that as we slowly chip away, we make our dents. God is simultaneously calling others to do the same, and He sees that bigger picture. And it's when we're faithful in that specific area that God can have the entire wall come down. Evan, Thank you so much. Thank you for the insights. Thank you for bringing to us the reminder of the challenge that we face and also some solutions as well. We want to thank you as well for joining us on Ministry in Motion. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for, for viewing today. We'd like to make available a very special offer, particularly for the pastors who might be watching Ministry in Motion. Ministry Magazine, they're our partners with Ministry in Motion, is a wonderful journal, particularly for pastors. There are more than 60,000 pastors regularly receiving ministry, uh, ministry Magazine, and we'd like you to be among them. If you'd like to receive a complimentary copy of this journal, write in to us at our uh, email address, and you tell us about your ministry, and we'd be delighted to put you on the mailing list for this wonderful journal. Until next time, may God bless you richly. And bye for now.